this morning, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, please keep your Bible open because I'm going to have you to turn to a bunch of scriptures this morning. I don't usually do that, uh, but what I've got on my heart, what God has given me in my heart, I think you need to see it in the Word of God for yourself, and that way you can say, hey, he's just not making this stuff up. It's for real. But Hebrews chapter 12 this morning, uh, I'd like to jump off there and start there and uh, and uh, preach on some thought this morning. I, Hebrews chapter 12, let's stand for a moment. You've been sitting for an awful long time. Let's stretch our legs out. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse number 14 this morning. Verse number 14 Follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up in trouble. Let me stop right there. It says, it is easy to get bitter, but it's hard not to get bitter this morning. And let me just say this, if you haven't lived for the Lord long enough, you can possibly get bitter at the Lord this morning. He, he said, uh, uh, look in diligence, lest any man fell of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up and, up and trouble you, and therefore, therefore thereby many defile. Lest there be any fornicators, profane, profane person as Esau, who, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright, for, yet, for ye know how that afterwards when he had uh, had inherited the blessings he rejected, for he found no place of redemption, through, uh, though he sought it carefully with tears. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we just ask to be with our hearts this morning. Lift us up and encourage us in the day that we live in. Lord, we know we're living in a day of fear, living in a day of confusion and strife, and, and, uh, and Lord, just uh, unrest in this world. But Lord, we know that you're still in control. Lord, help us to look unto you. Lord, you're the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, Father, we just ask you to be with hearts this morning, lift and encourage and empty myself and fill with this spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The, the writer here is referring to the story about the man, and you may not know much about him, Esau. Uh, and you can uh, read the entire story in Genesis chapter 25 about Esau. Esau is one of the twins that was born of Isaac. And even though he and Jacob are twins, uh, they are very different. They're different in their ways, they're different in their looks, and they're different in their actions. In Genesis chapter 25, you'll find that Jacob was cooking up some red porridge. And while he was standing there cooking up some red beans there, Esau comes in from the fields uh, and he says, I, I, I am wore out, uh, I'm tired, uh, I'm at the point of death. And he said, uh, I've got to have something in me. And he's looking at uh, uh, Jacob is cooking those red beans there. And uh, he said, uh, Esau looks and says, uh, feed me. But Jacob looked at him and says, hey, uh, if you want what I've got, it's going to cost you something. Uh, it's going to cost you uh, uh, if you want what I've got, you've got to buy it. He said, uh, I, I'm at the point of the death. I, I need something in me. He says, well, what do you want? He says, I want your birthright. I want your birthright. And Esau thinking about, what good is this birthright going to do me? I'm at the point of death. So Esau sells his birthright. 
in chapter 25 of Genesis, we find Esau sold his birthright. Not only did he sell his birthright, but he sold the blessings that were attached to it. And two chapters later, you'll find that he lost the blessing that was attached. And you know what? The birthright belonged to the oldest, and Esau was the oldest. It belonged to him. But he was at the point of death. He decided to sell his birthright. Esau is this type of individual. He looks and thinks about this. Well, I can get rid of this part of my life that's not needful and still get blessed for it down the road. That's the way the devil will try to tell you. You can give up the things immediately. You can give up the uh, uh, things immediately for the things of eternal on the altar. You can just give it up right now and still down the road be blessed by that. The devil will always give you a bowl of beans, whether it be for a career, for a dollar bill, for a relationship, no matter what it be, whether it be pleasure, whatever it may be, the devil will say, uh, if this is worth for selling right now for something for the eternal. Esau's that kind of guy. He sells out something that is precious now, that is pretty precious should he had in the future. You see, he may be in the, Esau may be in this type of man that the world would look at and said, hey, uh, uh, he, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a pretty good fellow. He's a nice guy. He's a moral guy. And, and if you was his neighbor, if you lived back then and you were his neighbor, you would know this about Esau. Esau was a good hunter. Esau was a good worker of the field. And Esau loved his daddy. And for the worldly look at Esau, you say on the outside, Esau looks like a good, upstanding, moral young man. But on the inside... Esau didn't care anything about the spiritual matters. He didn't care anything about walking with God. He didn't care anything about seeking God. He was only looking on the outside for himself. And that's the way the world looked at Esau. He gave the appearance, but only inside. He didn't know God. And I'm afraid that's the way it in churches are today that we give the appearance but on the inside we don't know God. On the inside we don't know God. Those that leave the four walls of the churches throughout this country today they're not thinking about Jesus. They're not thinking about God. They're not thinking about the eternal things of life. They're not talking about anything down the road. They're, they're looking for the uh, things of pleasure right now and forgetting the consequences of their action down the road. We see that in churches today. They're, they've lost their spirituality. They've lost their life. They sold out this morning. Esau sold his birthright. And there are Christians today that are selling their birthright. I'm preaching this morning on don't be a sellout. Amen. Amen. David, come in here. Man. Here he goes. got an illustration. I find sometimes illustrations help you out better than me preaching, amen. Y'all say, hey, he's going to be for 30 minutes preaching, spit at me like that. You're right. 
reason why I'm doing that is because you need to wake up. I need to wake up. This country needs to wake up. Churches need to wake up. We're selling out this morning and we need to get right with God. It's not, hey, you say, well, I've got a whole lifetime. I said that 25 years ago. Look at me. I'm old, gray-headed, barely can walk. My time is getting short. And let me just say, don't put your bank on the future. Amen. Leah, put your fingers in that thing. Just walk all the way on it. Just go on over there. Here. This, this, this is your 70 years. 70 years. If you good, eat right, exercise, you get 80 years. If you're not married, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you'll get 100 years. This is the lifespan that we have here. You say, well, what's the rest of that? What we're doing, we're trading out that for this. We're living our days for this and not looking what's beyond, not looking at what's going on there. We're living for this right here. We're living for what we can see right here, the temporal. We're not looking at the internal that is down the road. We are selling out. Amen, Amen. we're selling out. You drop it. Just drop Somebody will sweep it up later. Preaching on this morning, don't be a sellout. I told you, don't close your Bibles. I'm going to have you turn some scriptures. Turn to Matthew chapter 27. I can go in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, we can find in the Old Testament several places where people sold out. We know Solomon sold out. We know Samson sold out. We know Ahab sold out. There are plenty of people in the Old Testament that have sold out and gave up their right with God and walked with God. But let me just show you in the New Testament where we are, where people have sold out this morning. Don't be a sellout. Matthew 27. Y'all know this man. You know him very good. But he was a sellout. Matthew 27, verse number 3. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest of the elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood and they said, what is that to us? What's that to us? See thou that? And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. We find Judas of the man that has sold his soul Everybody knows Jesus. He sells for 30 pieces of silver. He, he sells the Lord of glory, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the, the rose of Sharon, the lily of valley. He sells out the bright and morning star. He sells him out for a measly 30 pieces of silver. You say, what is Jesus? Listen, Jesus is a man that is religious but has never been redeemed this morning. Judas is a man that goes to church, but ain't part of the church. Judas is a man that has everything looking right on the outside, 
but it has never been cleaned on the inside. What Judas is, he's a lost man this morning. Judas is in hell and he'll spend eternity in a lake of fire with weeping and gnashing of teeth. You may ask because Judas sold his soul this morning for something temporal and he got something that satisfied him for the moment, for the immediate, but he didn't satisfy for the long term. What I'm saying this morning is there are all kinds of people in churches across the country this day, this morning. Yes, they're religious. Yes, they have a form of godliness. You know the songs, uh, you've heard the verses, uh, uh, you've uh, been around church, uh, but may I say the God of the church has never gotten inside of you. There's never been a place, there's never been a time, there's never been a spot where in your life that their change has happened in your life. Uh, when the devil moved out of your life and the Holy Spirit moved in, you cannot take me back to a time or place when that happened. You know something about old Judas You'll never find in the Bible him calling the Lord but nothing but master. He always said master, master, master. you never find in the Testament where Judas refers to the Lord as Lord. In his, he always said master. And that's what the Bibles are doing today. The new version of Bibles are doing that. They're taking Lord out and inserting Master. You say, well, what's that to do? That's what a lost man will do. That's what a lost man will do. I say this this morning for those that have been born again, those who have been washed by the blood, by the grace of God, they have no problem calling him Lord this morning. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is my King. He's just not my Master. It's just not a good teacher. He is the Lord of Heaven this morning. I have no problem calling Him Lord. I have no problem calling Him Savior. I have no problem bowing down for Him. I have no problem saying He is my Rose of Sharon. He's my bright and morning star. He's the lily of my valley. I have no problem saying He's my rock. He's my all in all. I have no problem. I'm just not calling him master can I say this if there's never been a time in your life that you realize that you were dying and going to hell and lost without God you never trusted in God not just a good person not just a good person you are not just for fire insurance this morning but that time that you said, I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be the Savior. If you've never done that, brother, then you are just like Judas this morning. You have all the outward appearance of being right. But you're lost and undone this morning. You say, preacher, I will never do that. I will never sell out. So let me just say this. If you cannot remember the date and time, if you cannot pinpoint the place where there was a change in your life, where you said, hey, devil, you got to go, and the Holy Spirit's moved in, then that's exactly what you're doing. You've sold out this morning. Judas sold out. What's the devil come and say, hey, you sell out this morning for your job? 
Woo, can make the big dollars here. Make the big money. You don't know how hard it is for me to work. I've got to get this done. Maybe you're selling out for a relationship. Maybe there's somebody on your mind say, hey, if I go with them, I'm going to have to give up church. I can't go to church. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's fun. Well, if I get saved, I, I can't have no fun. I, I can't smoke dope. I can't drink. I can't run the roads no more. I can't do this. And the pe people that are not saved saying, hey, a saved life is a boring life. Now, let me just say this. If you get saved, if there's a change in your life and the Holy Spirit comes in, you won't want to do those things anymore. You want to serve Him, seek Him, find Him, and worship Him. Judas is a picture of a lost man this morning that was in church. There's people all across this country. There very well may be some sitting in this church this morning that fits just like Judas this morning. I, I know the songs. I know the verses. I know the scriptures. I carry my Bible. I'm in church. But the God of the church has never moved inside you. And that's a big difference. Big difference. Second Timothy. Turn to Second Timothy this morning. Second Timothy chapter 4. Why are you turning there? Let me read this, these scriptures. Paul is writing about those that have helped him. Paul is complimenting those who have stood with him. In Colossians 4.14, he said, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Philemon chapter 1, verse 24 said, Marcus and Antius, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. And notice he said Demas. Mention him twice. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 9, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Talking to Timothy. Now, we just read heard where Demas stood with Paul, where Demas was beloved, where Demas was a co-laborer with Paul. He says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, is then departed unto Thessalonica. Paul is writing, saying, I, I, I'm thankful for Demas. He says, I, I, I'm thankful for him being a fellow laborer, but when Paul gets to the end of his life, when he's writing to Timothy, he said, Timothy, I, I, I got some bad news. It, it hit me. It floored me. I've got some bad news for you, Timothy. It hurt me. I've been in Paul's shoes. It hurt me. But I'm telling you, Brother Demas has left me. Demas, one that stood with him in a shipwreck. Demas that stood with him in storms. Demas that stood with him in heartaches and trials. Demas that was with him all the way. is no longer there. When Paul gets to the end of his life, he said, Demas bounced on me. 
He's done forsook me. He loves this present world. Here's a man that stood for Jesus. Here's a man that labored boldly. I don't know what happens. The Bible does not tell us what happened. But we find that Demas was with Paul when he went to Rome. I see Demas standing on the corners with Paul saying, Hey, repent and believe the gospel. I see him just saying, Hey, handing out track after track. Said, Hey, you better get right. To, and the, Jesus is coming back soon. Uh, you better start serving God. You better repent from that what you're doing. I see Demas laboring right there with Paul. But all of a sudden, something changed. Have we not seen that? Now he writes Timothy. From Rome. And we know Rome is the hub of everything. Rome is the hub for uh, education, sports, medicine. Rome is the, it is it, the arts. Everything's going on in Rome. In my mind, I see this. Because I see it happen in churches today. They go down there. Paul finds him a temple to get into to worship. But Demas finds him in an arena. Sitting in an arena when he should have been worshiping with Paul in the temple with Paul. He's watching some sports. Mm. Boy, that just stuck some knives in some people, didn't it? I, 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 I just going to watch my sports today. I, I just can't get up and go to church. I'm going to watch my sports today. Rome was the hub of education then. Maybe he fell out and went to a uh, a lecture from one of these uh, scholars, one of these uh, I know everything, and he's sitting there listening to this guy, and he said, hey, uh, Demon said, hey, uh, this man sounds pretty good. He's telling him about this uh, a Big Bang Theory that happened. He said all two dust balls collided together, and boom, uh, here we are. And he got to thinking, well, Paul don't know everything. Paul ain't got it right on some things. Maybe this man, this man's, and let me just say this. If your kids go on to be college, you better choose your college well. Because what they're teaching them, they exactly what they're teaching him. There was a big bang. Even the schools and high schools and elementaries are starting teaching the big bang theory. He's listening to that professor and say, hey, uh, this professor's got it going on. He, he sounds good. And he says, boom, there was a big dust, boom. And there was this little place called earth. And down in that middle of that earth was a little old water and hole. And there was this uh, one cellar knee, but his side, he wanted to roll around in there for a couple million years. And all of a sudden, he says, I'll grow a tail and I'll hop right out of here. And he became a frog. And for another million years, he was a frog. Rubbing up. And then he looked up and saw those coconuts and bananas in the trees. He says, ooh, I I want some of them. And then he grew an arm and grew a tail and grew some furs and crawled up there and got him some coconut bananas. That's what they teach in a day. I don't know how many of y'all come down out of the trees, but I only come out of the trees when I got called by my mama. Amen. And I didn't have a tail. I fell out of many of the trees. Demon said, hey, Paul, this man is telling me something that don't mirror up with you. It don't give me the same thing that you given. And Demas, Paul says, Demas, don't, don't believe that. Demas says, Paul, but it's real convincing. 
Paul says, look at Demas. says, Demas, you know the truth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formed without form. And void and darkness was upon the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. You know the truth. You know what happened. You better hold on to that. Paul said, you know, that is a lie what they're teaching. And let me just say this this morning. That is a lie what they're teaching. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against sport because I love golf. I just don't get to do it. I'm not against education. I think everybody needs to get smarter than what they are right now. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But you need to be careful what somebody tells you. Just because they put on a three-piece suit and put some sheepskins on the wall and say, hey, I've got a doctrine, i got this, I've got that, don't mean they're telling you the truth. The only, pla <laughs> the only place you want to find the truth about anything in this world is right here. This is the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. If you want to know the truth, right here. And if you don't know the truth, I suggest you get into the Word of God and start reading the Word of God and hang on to it. Amen. We're selling out. Judas is a picture of a lost man who sold his soul. Demas is a picture of a saved man that sold his standing. I see this more than I see anything else. I see those who come to church. Ooh, praise God. I love God. I want to serve God. I want to go to heaven. I've got to get it right. i got to do this. And boy, let me tell you what, it don't take much outside those doors to draw them away. The devil's out there saying, hey, I heard you say that. I heard you say you want to serve God, but I'm going to offer you a bowl of beans to make you happy right now. Right now. Now, how many of y'all will be happy with a speedboat out on a lake fishing right now? Well, let me tell you what, don't get me wrong. I'd love to have a boat out on the lake and fishing. But I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Let me tell you what. We're living for this. We're living for this right now. We're trying to find pleasure in this. We're trying to find happiness in this. And we say, hey, whatever can make me happy right here, that's what I'll do. I'll hang on to this. But we're giving up the eternity, our eternal life. Judas is the man that sold his soul. Demas is the man that sold his stand. Turn to Revelation. I think I've covered everybody I've seen in church, those who play church and those who don't play church. We find the church has sold its separation in Revelation chapter 3. In Revelations 3, 2 and 3, we find literal churches that were in John's time that he's writing to. But also there are many that believe that the, there are pictures of church times, periods that we go through. There, there are pictures of church ages. 
to match up with church history throughout history. And we're living in the last church age today. This church time that we're living in, Laodiceans. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write these things, saying, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. Now, there's the churches today. This is the church age we're living in today. I would thou work cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou saidest, I am rich, I am increased with goods, I have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou have wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy me gold and tried and fire that they mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed and thou that they that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear in anointed time. Thine eyes with salve thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. The Laodicean church mirrors the, the idea of the last days of Christianity that we live in. We have left the distinguished mark of God's people for the mark that brings us closer to the world today. We still claim the church. In many churches today, they don't look or feel any different from what the local bar or the local nightclub looks or feels like. It's the exact same look, the exact same feel, the exact sound. It sounds on it. Boy, let me tell you what. When the preaching starts, it sounds like somebody's rapping to the congregation. It will do us good every now and then to get a preacher to come up and grab the Word of God, read some scriptures, and rear back and tell us, thus saith the Lord, what God has said. It's not trying to get close to you. It's not trying to make you happy. It's trying to wake you up. It's trying to wake the church up and telling you, hey, you don't need to go down that road. You don't need to walk that way. And let me just say this. There are churches today, you think you stepped. I looked at one this morning. A friend sent it to me. Say, hey, what do you think about this church? When it came on, I thought I was in a rock and roll show. It was dark and the lights were on, flashing. Everything got to hot and heavy and jumping around. And then the preacher come in with shorts and a t-shirt on. He want to be just like the world. He want to act like the world. He want to sound like the world. And they achieved that exact sound. <laughs> Y'all going to be safe. I got to be right. <laughs> God, don't. Let me tell you what. Going to hip hop, hippity hop, hop, hippity hop, hop all day long. We're living in the last church age. We're selling out. 
We're selling out a mark of Christianity for the mark of the world. We want to be like the world, want to sound like. And let me just say this, there are plenty of churches around here that look like that, sound like that, walk like that, act like that. You just go find you one. I name one over here. Tell you right close, real close. I can name you one, but let me just tell you this. That ain't God. You, you go to church and you can't pick out the preacher from anybody else. There's a problem. You walk out with dreadlocks, flip-flops, Bermuda shorts and a tank top and get up on a stage and want to preach to me, you've got problems. And anybody that sits in that and listens to that, oh, praise God, you go crazy. You've lost your mind. You sold out. The churches today are selling out. They don't want the mark of God on them. They won't want the mark of Christianity. They want to look like the world today. Let me give you this name. Write this name. Put it in your mind, whatever you do, but read his writings. Leonard Ravenhill. I don't like reading him. He convicts me. R-A-V-E-N-H-I-L-L. Ravenhill. He, he convicts me. When I read, when I read his writings, I'm like, I'm no good. I'm ashamed of myself. And he said the early church was married to poverty, prison, and persecution. Today the church is married to prosperity, personality, and popularity. Oh, he's so right. He's so right. He said the early church was married to affliction. He knew what it was like to be put in prison. The church today, if we're not comfortable, we ain't doing it. We ain't doing it. We want to be made comfortable, not only in our flesh, but in our ears. We don't want the gospel to be preached to us. The churches today say, hey, when you get in the pulpit, all I want to hear from you is the death, burial, and resurrection. There's a lot more to gospel than death, burial, and resurrection. In fact, there's only four gospels talked about the death, burial, and resurrection. What do you do with the rest of it? This is our guide. It is a lamp in our path and a light under my feet. It, this teaches how to live. It teaches you how to walk. It teaches how to talk. It teaches everything in your life. How to get closer to God. How to shun the world. It teaches you that. And of all you hear, now don't get me wrong, I love John 3, 16, but if that's all you hear, you're not going to get very far in this world. You can't live like the world and expect to go to heaven. You can't walk like the world and expect God to bless you. You can't do it. We're starting to take the mark of the world upon us. We're afraid to be called a church of God. I'm not talking about denomination. I'm talking about God. 
We don't want the world to say, hey, all they preach down there is, hey, you better get right with God. There's sin in your life. You better get rid of sin. That's all they preach down there. Well, that's right. You want to get right with God. You want to get sin out of your life. You need to. For God to love the world. He did. That's why he sent his only begotten son to die for you. And when he died, he died for the whole world, but he put stipulations on that. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to act like it. Walk like it. Talk like it. You can't be a brill cream Christian. I can't. I cannot get up on Sunday morning and say, hey, I, I can't go to church today. I don't want to go to church today. I went last week. I went three times last week, a week before that. I went, but I, I think I'll take a day off. I cannot take a day off from God. If I go on vacation, I'm looking for me a church to get in and worship and get close to God. But we find Christians today that have a form of godliness but not denying the power of God in him. We're there today. I'm sure if we want to feel this building up till it's busting the walls down. Tell them you're having bingo here on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. They'll be pouring in. Tell them, hey, come as you are and leave as you came. We don't preach against sin. Whatever you're doing is fine with us. You'll be filling up the house. But when a church starts preaching the gospel and the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, people don't want to hear that. Because they received the mark of the world. And let me just say this. As long as I'm here, you're going to get the whole gamut. You're going to get everything from Genesis to Revelation. I'm not pulling back, but I'm going to tell you everything. If you want John and Matthew and Luke, then there you go. You need to find somebody who wants to preach that. There's a lot more to it. If we're not careful, we're going to receive the mark. If we're not careful, we're sold out. The church is selling out today. We're, we're selling out today. I don't want to be a sellout. I don't want you to be a sellout Christian. I don't want that. I want this church to be known as a church that preaches the word of God, that sings the right songs, that lifts Jesus up, and where people can come and be saved and lives be changed, that's what I want this church to be known as. Making a difference in people's lives when they come. Making a difference in their lives. When you walk in here, it's not like walking in the bar. When you walk in here, it's not walking in a social club. You're walking in here and feel the presence of God. That's what I want. And I want everybody that comes through those doors regardless where they come from, no matter what race, creed, or color they are, no matter what background they come from, I want them to walk through that door and feel welcome to walk in here and worship. Well, we've done that. People come and go. That's going to happen. I, that's going to happen. You open the doors. People are going to come. They're going to go, come and go, come and go. But they heard the word of God while they were here. We planted the seed. And somewhere along down the line, we prayed that somebody would water it, that it would blossom. 
and they'll come back. That's what I want this church. Don't be a sellout. Don't be a sellout. 